Welcome back, everybody. We got a bit of an interesting topic today, uh, don't we, Mitch? We do indeed, Aaron. We're we're talking about co-curriculars today. Yeah. So this is something that I think people place a lot of emphasis on, and rightly so for certain universities. Uh, but we're going to go through a few of the nitty-gritties of um, each individual subsection of, uh, I suppose you could call them co-curriculars, um, and try and give you some insight into whether or not they are super important or, or how you should be prioritising your time when you go about your medical school preparation. Mm, absolutely. So to give you guys a bit of context, we're aiming this this program, this mission, this uh, podcast, um, and I should drop my voice a couple of octaves, give it a bit of timbre. Um, give me a bit more authority. Anyway, so we're aiming this this podcast at uh, people who are trying to get into medical school. Mm. This um, is the pre-admission game this, after all. After all, this is a pre-admission game. If you're listening to this and you're in medical school, I don't really know what... Like, I mean, this specific <laughs> episode. Please listen to our other interesting podcasts, but this one, I don't know if it's for you, <laughs> just frankly speaking. Anyway, um, yeah, by all means, if you're entertained, we'd, we'd love to have you on. But <laughs> Write us a letter. <laughs> write us a letter, please. Um, we don't get enough fan mail. Uh, so, um, anyway, back back to the topic at hand. The reason why we're going to talk about extracurriculars in the context of pre-admission is because I, I think each country and each university are a little bit different, and I think there's a bit of we've been a, little, a bit Americanized, right, with with the way we do medical admissions. Not not in the process of it, but in the way it's perceived. Uh, certainly, if you go on Reddit or you go on YouTube, I, I think a lot of medfluencers are from the States or from the UK. There's a lot of confusion as to what role all of this extracurricular stuff that isn't academic, that isn't GAMSAT mm-hmm. or interview, what, like how it contributes to anything really. Yeah. Um, and it's it's interesting because it it's so useful from a soft skills perspective, um, often that muddies the waters of the type of advice that people give you. So Definitely. I think... Um, if you're like in year 10 you're listening to this or whether you're about to sit the GAMSAT as a second year you're listening to this, um, this is fairly important information. I think it's, it's fairly important to guide your decision making going forward. Definitely, because you only have some, so much time and you have to decide. On this planet. <laughs> you only have so much time when you go about your preparation for med school. Yeah. And I mean, if you're thinking, oh, well, we're taking this from the Australian standpoint, obviously. Mm. So, um, you know, we're thinking, I'm applying to Australian medical schools probably for postgraduate entry. I mean, the, we could we could change this for undergrads, but it's, it's essentially for this is for postgrads who are thinking, you know, what do I need to be doing? The the there is this idea, I suppose, coming from the US and and to the U, UK as well when they're talking about their undergrad admissions, where you should have this really big portfolio of extracurricular activities, and that is true to an extent but only for specific universities. So if we are to take Notre Dame, Wollongong, while it is really important for those universities, certain universities are not that interested in what you've done for your co-curriculars. Absolutely, but I think you're you're running ahead of the train there for a sec, Mitch, sorry to to interrupt. But let's actually talk about what these activities are. Like what what, what are these leadership, community activities? What are these endeavors? Mm. Um, it's funny that I mention all three because Mitch actually conveniently divided extracurricular activities into three major categories. So can you tell us, what, what, can you repeat those categories? Yeah. What are the three major categories of extracurriculars? So I suppose they're just 
I mean, if you if you had to, they're all leadership, right? Because you're, you're you're doing something that's. Oh, don't muddy the waters, Mitch. <laughs> okay, if we to keep it. Topic one. If we're to keep it topic wise, mm -hmm. leadership. So these are things that you've done which have shown leadership skills. Leadership skills are important for doctors because they are the multidisciplinary team leader, essentially mm. in, involved in patients' care. So you know, leadership skills are a big plus when applying to med schools. You know, what does that involve? Well, you know, if you're an undergrad, it's it's talking about your leadership in high school, you know, were you a prefect, were you a captain of a football team or, you know, whatever, debating, you know, were you involved, etc. But it's, it's all about taking a leadership role. Um, you don't have to be, you know, the big boss chair of every committee ever, but, you know, having a few leadership positions um, to, to back up your experience uh, is useful. And it's useful because, uh, well, you know, it's, it's useful from the standpoint of, yes, you've got a CV that has lots of tick box exercises, but you also have to remember that, you know, the everything you do will give you experiences which will, you know, inform how you go about things like your GAMSAT and your, and, and, and your interview. So, yes, leadership is important um, and, and, you know, those sorts of things are, are elements of, I suppose, what brings a person's leadership qualities up. And one of the things that I want to mention when we're discussing leadership is often people have a hard time defining, you know, was I in a leadership role? I, I talk to so many people doing portfolios or practicing for interview questions, mm. which ask, you know, when have you ever been a leader? Um, you know, in very, very common MMI scenarios, they ask you that sort of thing. Um, and they really have a hard time defining what a leader is beyond a role. You know, I was captain of this football team. Nobody actually cares that you had the title. The title is, like, I guess it's a, you know, vote of confidence somebody with authority said that you could be this, maybe mm. you were elected by you know, popular vote. But to me, right, if I, if I was a person sitting on a, on a committee judging people for entering to anything, it really wouldn't matter to me what titles you've held. The titles are just a proxy for you being in a position where you had to synthesize decisions. What I mean by that is you, you were standing in a situation where there were lots of people who reported or, or gave you information, right? If you're a football team captain, right, you don't understand what's going on in every you know, spot on the field or, or a football coach, right? You have to talk to all the players individually and they have to tell you about what role they played in the game. I think very quickly Mitch is realizing that I know nothing about football, but you know, in any team, the team leader is not the person who micromanages everything. That, that's terrible, that's a bad leader. The team leader is the person who is able to synthesize the information that they get from all of these different people who are on their team and come up with an overarching direction or a decision. So for example, if you're, you're working at Woolworths and you're the floor manager, right? Yeah, that's not, people right. might think, oh, like the university doesn't want to know that I worked at Woolies, Wrong. oh, bad, 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 not, you know, mm. president of the US, that's, you know, that would be a better leadership role to mm. bring to medical yeah, school. Yeah. Definitely get you a couple of points on the, on the old CV grading <laughs> system. Um, but yeah, so if you're a floor manager at Woolworths, right, that's, probably more valuable than something a little bit maybe more niche because mm. that's that's something that everybody can understand in the sense that I can understand that if you're on the floor at Woolworths, there's some really real pressures. You know, you're you're working, you have responsibility to customers, you have responsibilities to a large team. Mm. You know, there's it's not multiple a multiple stakeholders. A, multiple stakeholders, you know, you've got to take deliveries, you've got to take stock. These are all very, very serious and quite complex things that our society depends on. I would argue our society depends a lot more on Woolworths floor managers than, you know, captain or vice captain of the third economics club in, in the university of God knows where doing God knows what, right? So all of these, th even though that's, that's 
impressive, but you've got to always remember that they're assessing your capacity to synthesize decisions. Take all of these opinions, weigh them up, and come up with some sort of middle ground conclusion direction. That's what real leadership mm-hmm. is, and that's what you've got to practice. So you've got to know what you get out of roles. Don't go hunting for titles. Go hunting for positions of responsibility mm-hmm. because that's what's impressive on the CV, and that's what will character build and build your confidence right, and make you a better candidate. And we'll talk about what better candidate means in a second. Mm-hmm. All right, Mitch. So moving on to community service, which I think is a another you know good element of, of of extracurricular activities it involves helping people which obviously is a, a trait that people uh, are really looking to foster in in doctors um, you're going to be spending your life helping people um, so you know if these skills are already you know natural to you or you have this interest um, at baseline that's that's something that medical schools are going to be interested in mm. um, I think also you know You've got to you've got to show that you you were ultimately learning from these experiences as well. If you, if anyone's asking you about them, or you know, for them to just be of any use to you, period. You know, you should be thinking about gaining something, reflecting on what you're getting from these things. And I think you know, having that depth of insight into how other people who are less fortunate than you live, you know, you know give, that gives you perspective. And that kind of thing is going to enrich the way that you are able to talk about issues maybe in section two for GAMSAT. Um, certainly for you know your empathy stations in your interviews, they're going to be very important. So I think community service is good for many reasons beyond just um, you know t- having a, a, a stellar CV, as Aaron's alluded to, which is important for certain universities, as I've, as I've said previously. Um, but, you know, also just think about the skills that you're getting from these experiences as well. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that just to add one more thing, Aaron, that you don't need necessarily a large breadth of activities. You know, if, if you're rocking up to, you know, some form of community service once and then going to a completely different one and all up you manage to go to two different things over the year, sure, you have two little dot points on your CV, but what have you actually gained from that? And I think when anyone interrogates that, uh, you know, that community service element or that activity and you have sweet nothing to talk about it Mm -hmm. because you haven't really gained much from it, um, I think, you know, the the, the proof will be in the pudding that that, you know, that element of your your application or, you know, whatever you've tried to think of or or show off as something that's an asset will just be a hindrance to you, really. It's interesting uh, when you think of community service and you, you talk about having breadth versus depth. Um, a, a lot of the time, certainly to me in, in the pre admission game era of my life, mm. <laughs> the Aaron pre admission game, um, I, I found it really, really difficult to find an entry point into community service. Like, I wasn't really particularly interested. I spent a bit of time volunteering at a Red Cross store, and I can't say that that was particularly enlightening or or a profound experience. Mm. I don't think it particularly built my resume either. Uh, A couple of funny stories, but that's pretty much all I got out of it. Um, I think there's lots of options for people to explore that will make them more interesting people, that will make them happier and better medical candidates in the community service space. All they have to do is pursue their interests a little bit. Mm, So, I mean, on on one side of the spectrum, you have very, very formal community service, things like Freemasons or Rotary Societies, uh, which, you know, I still struggle to this day, to understand what exactly a Rotary Society does. They rotate things. They rotate. What is moving? Uh, There's a lot of moving parts. 
That's all we know. At least one big cog. One big cog. And so their logo says. Right, but Rotary Societies, which are my understanding, are all built around community service and community, which is a great opportunity to meet people from all different walks of life, contribute to your community, get involved in interesting activities. Mm. Um, that's very sort of formalized and... And secular as well. And if you want to get involved yeah, in some, you know, religious exactly. ones, there's also churches. Absolutely. And, or whatever faith group you, you belong to, you know, there's always community service yeah, activities. And, and there's, you know what, there's nothing wrong with that. And, and moreover, it's, it's fantastic. Right? If there's a spiritual component to your your community service or the community that you serve with, mm. all, you're all the better for it. I yeah, mean, and you'll you, get more from it as well, probably. Exactly, exactly. And one of the things that you gain in the process, oh, sorry, and there was another thing that I was going to mention, um, there's some really weird and wacky community service out there. For example, people who know how to sail, right, very often they, they put on, sailing weekends where they take people who are interested in sailing out on on yachts provided by say a rotary club for example mm-hmm. or a local club I, i'm giving this example i mean not, you can you can yeah. run with blind people that's blind a that's, people, a, that's exactly. a that's a thing to yeah, yeah. another this out is of the not box. a joke this is very very you serious can, yeah. blind people want to run obviously and face significant challenges doing so. exactly right? so you are uh, the eyes for someone who's you know wanting to go for a run if they've got visual impairment so you know that Really, your your imagination is the limit for well, what you can be oyster. doing. Exactly. Yeah. And both of these things that we mentioned are quite niche, I suppose. You know, you, you're a runner or, you know, whether you sail yachts. But if you pursue your interests and you find, you know, community service doesn't have to be something dry and monotonous. It can be something that you're interested in that is rewarding, um, that can lead to professional and personal development. That's the reason what, what I actually wanted to talk about here was it improves your communication skills. In order to get better at talking to people, be it in a hospital or an MMI interview, Surprise, surprise, you have to talk to people. Mm. <laughs> um, can't get good at talking to people by just watching Netflix. That's only 50% of the story. That's listening. You've got to actually respond. <laughs> Once you're planning on talking to your walls, talking to your mirrors, or talking back at your Netflix TV show, right? not going to improve your communication skill, the skills, which are critical for your communication section two, which are critical for your section one understanding of people's emotions and reading between the lines, of course, critical for MMIs. And believe it or not, critical to actually practicing medicine. Surprise, mm. surprise. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it, it's it's really, really, really valuable to, to find your niche in the community and spend a bit of time doing what you love, um, perhaps without financial remuneration for, for benefits that lie a little bit outside of your bank account. Anyway, so that's that's community service. So we talked about leadership. We've talked about community service, which is also you know leadership within the community. I suppose, Mitch, you are right. Um, but we'll separate the two. We're keeping them separate. Two That's separate right. things. Now, the, the, so the uh, last one is, last is one. Yep. human endeavor. What's all that about? It's not just something that I lifted from the Wollongong perspectives, which I, I think I probably did. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I think uh, essentially it's this broad overarching term for, for, for anything that you're excelling in. And I think that's kind of nice because it gives you, you know, it, it allows you to go on any tangent that you like where you're sort of, your interests lie, um, and and I think it's it's nice in some ways because it gives sort of kudos to people following their interests and and not necessarily doing it for the community but just just doing it for themselves in an, to a level of high performance, mm-hmm. um, and and that's all relative, right? You know, you could have gone to the Olympics, which some people do. Um, quite a few of them end up in med school. <laughs> As is the case with, you know... Overachiever in sport, <laughs> overachiever in academics. Damn, they're good at everything. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. Perfect human specimen. <laughs> but, um, 
you know, so, so you know, there, there's people who end up in sport, people who end up in, you know, interesting academic or, um, or artistic endeavors. You know, these things are all really cool and they add um, breadth to your, your CV, but also to your, you know, your experience and your perspective, as we've sort of said, which feeds in, again, to your game, so it feeds into your interview. So, you know, if you're thinking, oh, you know, maybe I shouldn't, you know, be doing my final, you know, training for some state competition uh, because I ought to be, you know, pursuing the GAMSAT. Maybe that is true, but maybe if you're already pretty good at the GAMSAT, you know, this should also be another thing that you continue to foster because it's it's good at the end of the day f- for your medical application in, in and also just for your, you know, overall life enjoyment. And there is, I mean, Aaron and I would probably, <laughs> I don't think we could go as far as saying there's more to to life than medical application. <laughs> yeah, you only know us in this context, but believe me, there are other aspects to our life outside the recordings. Is there? Yeah, they don't. They don't just let us out, you know, for a bit of sunlight and then back to podcasts. That's back true. To Sometimes we, we've actually been sitting in this room recording <laughs> and re-recording episodes since last Gamsat. Sorry, we're getting sidetracked, guys. Um, but but the, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think that. What we really want to get across to you is that all of these things are going to feed into to everything else, but you need to know that everything you're doing there when you are fostering these extracurricular activities is you are spending time and investment. And you need to know that you're doing it with open eyes. So be thinking, when I'm, you know, doing all this other extracurricular activity, you know, like, am I doing that at the expense of my GPA? Because GPAs are incredibly important for getting into medical school. So, you know, is, is your GPA suffering because you're doing too much surfing, etc.? Or, you know, have you got the balance right? Mm-hmm. Have you been doing a great amount for your uni, great amount of like extracurricular activity, you know, helping out at your church or whatever, but have you done no mm-hmm. GAMSAT preparation? So that, that's a really important <laughs> point to touch on. I think uh, the thing with these activities is that it feeds both ways. I know for a fact that coming back from uni, if I had nothing better to do but than sit on the couch, that would impact my desire to a, go back to the new uni next day. I wouldn't feel properly rested. I, I would just feel like a, a slob. The best things in life are the things that engage you and in, in the things that you love, right? So when we talk about academic pursuits, if you love maths, right, and you want to engage in maths competitions, right, that's going to be a big break from your university study studies, not sty. I mean, you might have a sty where you study. My room is a bit of a mess sometimes. But your university studies, but in a way, it will refresh you. It will force your brain to think about other things, and you'll come back to your studies thinking, wow, I've made time for me, mm-hmm. right? And, and that's something that's really cheesy that's going around these days that we talk about you know, self-care. But the balance between self-care and hard work is all about optimizing your concentration, really. Yeah, and if you don't optimize your concentration, you're gonna underperform. If you underperform, you can't hope to, to do on the GAMSAT. So people who lock themselves away for months and months and only grind away at the GAMSAT are gonna be chronic underperformers, right? They've underperformed previously because they've had poor approach, poor strategy, and they're gonna continue out of a poor approach and a poor strategy. And even if they pass the GAMSAT somehow by some sort of a miracle, they'll have a poor performance on, on the MMI and, and the interview and they won't make an impression on, on the portfolio, right? Mm-hmm. So all of these things are soft skills. They supplement your character. They supplement your attitude and your mental health, which feeds into GAMSAT and GPA performance. Mm-hmm. But what Mitch was saying is all of these things, whether they're leadership, community service, 
personal endeavor, academic or, or sporting, they are not the kingmaker. They are the foundation and they have to be strong. The kingmaker is, Mitch, it's your gamsat. The gamsat, exactly. Yeah. I was wondering <laughs> if we were going to say it at the same time. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. but I think, I, I mean, they're the foundation, but they're also the icing on top. So yeah, just, I think that's, it, it's a sandwich, really. It's the Gamsat it's sandwich of the, extracurriculum. The ultimate Gam snack. The, the Gam snack. The Gam snack is lined with extracurricular activities. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. It, yeah. Guys, I can't wait for the pre-admission game cooking show. It's all Gamsat prep through the metaphor of Gam snack cooking. So but have we lost I'm, you guys? I'm, I'm, I hope we haven't. <laughs> We're on, just messing around. <laughs> on that bombshell. <laughs> on that bombshell. No, no, no. We still have more things to chat about. So Gamsat is the kingmaker. Now, speaking of, of kingmaker, right, mm. or queenmaker, or, you know, just the, the, the ticket to royalty, I'm going to say, in a, in a very, very neutral way, um, let's talk about where extracurriculars matter for realsies. What, what I mean by for realsies, I mean where is it more than a soft skill? So mm. obviously places like, you know, um, gosh, UCID, which don't even do interviews anymore, or UQ, which do interviews, or UniMelb, which do interviews, they do MMI formats. They don't much care for your extracurricular curriculum. Yeah, definitely. They're not going to ask you about them. They might ask you some scenario-based questions. They might ask you, you know, when have you ever felt leadership? But they're not testing the content so much as your capacity to answer and eloquently present information. I think that that's, it's almost a pitfall that people fall into when they They've done all these extracurricular activities and they're like, oh, God, I, I want to tell, you know, the examiner in my interview about how good I am, you know, at mm. archery, let's say. Don't you took a it. long time to think about archery. <laughs> Why archery? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Archery. <laughs> so, say you've, so say you've spent all this time on archery and you're just dying to tell the examiners about the fact that you've done archery. <laughs> well, now dedicated 30 <laughs> seconds of this podcast to, to archery. archery. Mm. But the, yeah. the point is that it, it, it might derail your answer. They're not really interested in your extracurriculars. If they, if they are interested in your extracurriculars, they will ask you. Mm-hmm. In, um, at the University of Wollongong, you know, they're famous for like, talking to you about your, your portfolio. So you know, there you will have time to wax lyrical about your area of human endeavor. However, at most universities, and you know, Aaron's name three there, but you know, there's unlikely to be a situation where you're going to be able to talk a lot about your extracurriculars. And in fact, if you unlikely do... Unlikely is generous. They exactly. They probably if, don't care at all. And if you, if you spend time talking about them, you're probably missing the point of what they're actually trying to test you on. So there will be, you know, at the end of the day, some mark scheme there where they're like, where are they going to get to the point of what I'm testing them on? And if you don't get there, well... That's that's on you, mm. and they may be like, "Well, I'm glad we've I've learned that John is good at archery, mm-hmm. but you know, at, at the end of the day, it wasn't what they're after. It wasn't on the mark scheme, so you don't get rewards." Yeah, absolutely. And and the easiest way to sort of reconcile this in your mind is think about it this way: If I'm an examiner and I'm listening to somebody in an interview and it's an MMI question, and I have a standardized marking scheme. How can you standardize? You know, Mitch telling me that he's a world champion in archery, and somebody else telling me that the you know. Mother Teresa reincarnated, right? And I don't mean that in an illusional sense. I mean, they do things that Mother Teresa did, not literally. Um, so you have these two people sitting in front of you, and it's like much of a muchness. Mm. How is one better than the other? How can I? I don't have room to be subjective. As I would just give them both fives. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. I mean, or, you could or zeros. That. Neither are relevant qualities to medicine. Really. <laughs> but if they're sitting in front of you and you're the assessment, you know, you're assessing them from an MMI perspective, and you have a standardized rubric, nothing on a standardized rubric can weigh one against the other. Mm. 
right? So there is no utility in either of those those skills or either of those life experiences outside of the context of what that question is asking, which is most likely, you know, show us that you're a clear communicator, show us that you think in a logical manner, whereas in panel interviews, where they assess your personality rather than your communication and your logic mm. um, places, you know, like Canberra, I think sometimes they do double interviews, they do a technical interview and then they do the character analysis. Mm. Over there, there's no rubric, or maybe there's a loose rubric, right? And there's room for interviewers to make a personal judgment on what it is that you said, the content of what you're saying, the content of your volunteering and your life experience. And that's a whole different story. Mm. Mm, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, couldn't agree more. Yeah, Completely yeah. agree with everything. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so essentially you've got to know, you know, you've got to know what you're hunting, what you're looking for. If you're looking after and looking for an admission a university that predominantly works with MMIs, don't stress too much about extracurriculars from a resume pitch perspective. Yep. I mean, it's always going to be useful to you because when you think about it, if you build a good resume from an extracurricular point of view, it's going to be easier for you to get onto committees. Mm. Committees lead to research opportunities. Committees lead to organizing conferences. They lead to better positions within medical departments. So it all feeds into things. You can't just you know isolate yourself and do only one thing, as we've said many, mm. many times. Mm across episodes and within this episode as well we've really beaten this topic to death but at the same time you've got to figure out okay if, if you're living in sydney and you want to go to the university of notre dame and you feel like the profile of that university is a good fit for you then you have to start thinking about your portfolio early and be very purposeful in your volunteering you have to think okay i'm going to put in this many hours at the rotary in this particular position right whereas if you were going to for example, do an MMI at Melbourne Uni or Deakin, and you really, really love tutoring, for example, you tutor high school maths, and you spend a couple of hours on the side tutoring pro bono, you know, maybe helping some disadvantaged schools, maybe maybe popping into to university to assist with things like that. Um, that may be a less formal commitment. There'll be, like, there'll be a less formal position associated with that, you know, maybe the hierarchy of that organization will be looser, maybe it will be an endeavor that you've organized completely by yourself. But either way, that's a good soft, but I mean, I guess both are a good soft skill improvement strategy. But one of those, the first, is something that is a portfolio builder and a soft skill strategy. Mm. Uh, but the second is really purely for soft skills. Uh, and for you, for you to refresh your brain, and like we said, you know, be at the top of your game from a, a personal mental health self-care perspective. Definitely. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, good. So know, know your enemy, know your enemy. Know your enemy, know where you're going. I mean, naturally, if these, if you're, if you're listening to this and going, I do all of these things already, then, you know, a portfolio school is probably for you. <laughs> then, we, then our response is be humble. <laughs> no need to show off. Yeah, sorry. And, uh, and, and I mean, if, if you're thinking, I, I do nothing, I do none of these things, well, you know, to be strategic, you could just cut your losses and and go for the the kingmakers, which is Gamsat and GPA. Mm, certainly a strategy. Certainly a strategy. That being said, you know we we want you to, I suppose, turn out to be uh, well rounded. Well rounded. I mean, if if you're heading into medicine, then you want to be well rounded. At the end of the day, it will, you know, it'll help you with your career mm. in in many and ways. And I don't need honest. to explain to you guys the risks of putting all your eggs in one basket with something as, as important as medical school, right? Absolutely. You don't want to bet, uh, you know, sort of not doing extracurriculars um, or not doing any GAMSAT prep is sort of a little bit like doing your GEMSAS application and only putting a preference in for one medical school and going, yep, 
uh, one and done. No worries. Uh, this is the one I'm going for, and if I don't get it, <laughs> one so or be bust, it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that sounds silly, right? It, it sounds completely crazy. I don't know a single person who would do that. But that's what you're doing by stripping yourself completely of your resume or stripping yourself completely of GPA performance. So don't rest on your laurels. Just find out, think about to what extent you need to allocate um, each each component, uh, you know, how much time you need to contribute to each. And I think, Mitch, if remind me if my memory isn't failing me, many eons ago, in the first season of the pre-admission game, we did a, a bit of an episode about time allocation in GAMSAT study. There certainly are a couple of articles that, that we've, we've written on Definitely. the Fraser's uh, website, and we'll, we'll double check. And we've talked about it in general across episodes. I don't know if we've dedicated an episode to it yet. We probably have. But discussing time commitments and how you balance things. And that really feeds in into this discussion of extracurriculars. Mm. So I guess to wrap up the episode, Mitch, the verdict on, extra, verdict on extracurriculars, yes or no? So it's a strong yes for me, strong, strong but it yes. shouldn't be the only thing that you're doing. No. Don't think that extracurriculars are going to get you into med school. It's not America, right? No. You don't need to do hundreds of hours of volunteering. In fact, it's superfluous. That's yeah. right. It is, it, it's, it's something that will help you in many ways that you don't know immediately with your GAMSET and with your interview, mm-hmm. and it will help you in your career when, you, when you're finished med school. Yeah. But, you know, the thing that really cuts the mustard is your GAMSET and your GPA. So GAMSET, GPA, and you need a couple of things on your resume, two or three titles with a clear description of, of what you did and what you learned from it, two or three things for a decent period of time, right? And you're cooking with gas. That's, that's really the way to go about it. Mm. Great. All right, guys. Well, hopefully that was, that was useful. Um, I, I knew I was really lost with extracurriculars back in undergrad and certainly in high school. Um, uh, Mitch here was a bit of a, of a portfolio aficionado navigating smoothly through extracurriculars, unlike me. Um, so he's our resident expert. But regardless, like I said, check out our resources. And if you have any questions, send us an email. We're always happy to, to chat with our listeners and a- answer questions about extracurriculars. Uh, In the meanwhile, uh, stay cool, stay relaxed. We're preparing for the next season. And uh, this has been Pre-Admission Game Season 3.